This podcast is brought to you by Oh My Audiobooks, where the pleasure is all yours. This is Love Notes with Julie and Jonathan. Hey, I'm Julie. And I am not. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you're listening to Love Notes with Julie and Jonathan. Yay, Love uh, Notes. <laughs> love um, those notes. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm a little bit I'm... tired right now, but other than that, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Well, well, we'll jump into all about us in a second. Um, we will tell you all that this is a special episode of Love Notes. We are taking the summer off. Uh, so this will be the last episode of this podcast until the fall. Um, there are scores more writers out there that we want to talk to and scores more writers that we've heard uh, that you want to hear from. So we will be back in it. But we are going to take the summer off for uh, not for vacation, kind of <laughs> for the opposite. Um, and we will talk about that in a few minutes. But um, we just wanted to do uh, this sort of, you know, end of season episode. And I don't know, like, thank you all. Um, Yeah. I think everybody really enjoyed this. I know I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just been a lot of fun. And, uh, and, and the, those of you who have let us know um, that you've tuned in and continue to tune in seem to be enthusiastic. So hopefully you find it uh, entertaining. I mean, here's the thing that I think we all have learned these personalities that populate this world of romance writing and erotica writing um, are really interesting. And they, everybody seems to share certain qualities, but at the same time, the sort of particular individuality of everyone um, is, is really fascinating and is going to come in really handy uh, in some of the stuff that Julie and I are working on, which again, we'll get to in a minute, but um but yeah, it's been exciting. So hopefully you think it's been uh, the same and uh, in the same way that you have sent us questions, which we continue to say we appreciate. Uh, if you have authors that you want to uh, hear more about, if you have a favorite that you would be curious to get their origin story, let us know and we will do our best to wrangle them. Um, in the spirit of asking questions and that you have, uh, we want to we want to basically wrap up this uh, this part of the the season the season with um, a few questions that uh, we didn't get a chance to answer earlier, but that have have come into us and um, and the one I'll start with is Lizette has asked when creating characters for your stories, how and when do they pop up in your heads? Does it happen during the writing? Or does one character start talking to you and you base your story around him or her? Do you have many born at one time? How do you create the characters? How do they come to you? Um, you want to feel that to start? Um, sure. I, I think it depends on the book. Sometimes I have a character in mind and then I'll build a story around the character. And sometimes I'll have a story in mind and then I find the characters along the way. There have been times where I have literally sat down to write. I didn't have a name for my character yet. You are, you are brave (laughs) that way. That is something that was really astonishing when I started working with you. Uh, You are intrepid in that way. I I mean, you would hand stuff to me 
that would go in a very like wild direction or, or, or a character would get introduced or a name would get introduced. And I would say, this is not happen. It doesn't happen every time. Sometimes you've got a very clear path, but occasionally I'll say like, okay, cool. Great. Where do we think David or whatever goes? And you'll go, I have no idea. I just thought of the name and it seems like he would be a cool guy. And then, <laughs> because and then, I like to build, I like to build things up front so that yeah. in my head, it's more real that way. So when I get later on in the book, I can think, oh, that guy did this. And, oh, I can put that here or something like that. So I yeah. I don't know how it works. It just works. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you're, you, we've talked about this in other podcasts. There's, I learned there's pantsers, fly by the seat of your pants writers, right by the seat of your pantsers, and there's plotters. Um, I think I'm probably somewhere in between i do a lot of as you know as julie knows i do a ton of plotting in my head um like i just spend so much time 24 7 once a story gets in there dwelling over it and thinking on it and thinking on it and thinking on it and then writing together my responsibility becomes letting julie know uh what i've been thinking about so she's not surprised um so i somewhere in between sometimes i get inspired on the page and that has definitely happened. Sometimes I'm a little more rigid. Um, Julie's, I think it's fair to say you're the same way, although I think you're a little more fearless about just free writing and seeing what happens. I, I don't know that I ever think to myself, let's see where this goes. I don't think I ever do that. So right. I don't think I'm really a pantser because I think that's what they do. Mm-hmm. I always have like, like I cannot write unless I have the hook. And the, and the first plot point, which is right. that first plot point. If I don't have that, I don't, I can't do anything. Yeah. So even if I have to make one up, um, like the minute I sit down to start chapter one, I will just to keep going. And oftentimes I'll find a name in that same moment. Like I remember I did this with wild thing. Like I had no idea what their names were until I sat down to write chapter one and I just picked two names. Mm-hmm. Well, that here's a little secret for everybody who's read both uh, the first two books of the TDH, the Tall, Dark, and Handsome series, uh, Sexpert and Pierced. Um, we had come up with Andrew. We actually spent a lot of time coming up with his name. We talked a lot about why his last name was Hawthorne, because that was a literary reference that you wanted to use. And I loved that. And so we did. there was a lot of pl- planning around their names. And Pierce, we had come, we had talked about him at length and how he would be French and all of it. And then in the first chapter that I wrote in that, or that I was working on, my first pass at it at least, uh, Myrtle is just this random woman who appeared in an elevator. Yeah. I had I hadn't planned on her. Uh she we hadn't talked, you and I hadn't talked about her. She just showed up in the elevator and she seemed like the right thing. And Myrtle is just what fell out of my brain. And then she wound up becoming a major character in the next book. But she had never been discussed before she showed up on the page. So Yeah, Myrtle was came out of nowhere for sure. Yeah. So it happens both it happens both ways. I mean, Ju- what Julie's saying is I think the reason the books work is there's a foundation, but you then leave that space for creative inspiration. Yeah. And I, I mean, if I had a, if, I, if my story was revolved around a character, then of course I have that character in mind before I start that story. But most of the time my stories are based on a trope or, you know, a specific idea. 
And yeah. so the character like can be built after those, the story is like fleshed out a little bit, like not before I start writing chapter one, obviously got to know who your character <laughs> is, but you know what I mean? I do. And interesting that you brought up tropes because Julie doesn't actually know the questions that I've pulled for today. So it's interesting that she's brought up tropes because the second question that I pulled for today, which I think is interesting and you just segued beautifully, uh, which I love when that happens. Um, <laughs> Uh, Heather has asked, this is, a great que- this is a great question, you've discussed how the rules of the genre shape the way that you tell stories. How do you decide which conventions to stretch or break? Well, it's easy for me because I don't really know all the romance trope rules. I know the rules of romance, generally speaking. But um, like if you're if you're a big fan of um, enemies to lovers or whatever. Right. And you read that all the time. Like, you know, the ins and outs of how everybody's done it. Right. Where I don't know that because I don't read it. So I, I think I just make it up as I go, as long as I hit the romance, general romance tropes. Um, because I don't think I know them all. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't. And I even, wrote about this in an end of book shit at the end of passion at the end of passion rising our first series together where i admitted that when i when you asked me if i wanted to do this together and i said yeah 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 i do and i'm excited and i want to break all the rules and do all this and you were like oh so you don't want to sell any books (laughs) (laughs) and i was like no i totally what do you mean and um and so i basically just follow julie's lead uh julie it, it it we are great friends and somehow our minds meld and we just work beautifully together. That doesn't mean, and we've talked about this too, that we don't have conflict sometimes. And there have been times when I have sent, you know, hours and hours and hours of work to Julie and she has sent it back with, nope. (laughs) That Um, has only happened like twice. It has only happened like twice, but I mean, but sometimes, uh, I have to be reminded, uh, that, you know, I, someone said this, I, maybe it was Christy Bromberg. I don't remember who it was. So if I'm miscrediting, forgive me. But someone said, you can write any kind of ending to a book you want, but if it doesn't have an HEA, don't call it a romance. Right. Or something yeah. like that. And it so, might have been Pam Godwin who said that. I think it might have been Pam. You're right. So when I'm like, oh, let's kill all of them. You're like, no, 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 no. That's a different <laughs> book or, or, or whatever. And so, I, I, yeah, I think it's just respecting... I mean, it comes down to intuitiveness, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Just intuition. Um, I think the only trope I know really well, probably, I'm probably the top. Um, like, I think I'm an expert in, in romantic suspense, in erotic romantic suspense. Like, because mm-hmm, there's two kinds of romantic suspense. There's like a very traditional kind like a procedural detective kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's what I do, right? So the the one that I do that like P- Pam does, Pam Godwin does it and, um, you know, a bunch of other people do it. But I think I am an expert in romantic suspense because I do know how to keep the romance front and center and keep the suspense like either side by side or in the background. And that's really important. I think that's absolutely true. Um, and I think that it is, honestly, it's what I saw in your work 
when I was narrating it before you and I ever met that I was like, oh, this is familiar and yet totally unique. Um, and was why I was so drawn to the idea of building it out and doing what has now led to this podcast. <laughs> um, and speaking of which, this feels like an appropriate time to, to share with you all, all, everyone listening and everyone who has been on this journey with us. Um, we can now talk uh, about the new TV project that we're working on. Um, I will actually be meeting uh, very briefly with, um, with our executives, uh, at the studio to get into some creative conversations. But, um, Julie, do you want to sort of take the lead on describing what this is that they're interested in us developing? Oh my God. I don't even know if I can describe it. It's so bizarre. Well, so I do remember when you, when you told me that she was first interested in this and it was a long time ago. Like, yeah, I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. Well, we, so Julie and I, just in the, the the bullet points, if you haven't listened to all the podcasts, if this is somehow, I doubt it, but if this is somehow your first time listening, Julie and I started writing romance novels together because we I developed a TV show uh, with Julie around a series of her books called The Company. And this was while I was discussing The Company with the executive that we sold that to who is our, continues to be our executive on the new show. So you and called it, me or I called you. I remember I yep. was in the grocery store cause I was like in the car having this conversation with you. Okay. And, um, and you're, and you're telling me an update about something. I don't even remember what it was, but right. you're like, hold on a minute. Like, th let me just tell you what Lindsay just told me. And, and you told me that she, she thought we were more interesting and like, like we should be a show. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it was so like, if, what? <laughs> so if you don't see where this is going, uh, that theme continued. Uh, every time yeah, I would go Yeah, it never into, stopped. Everybody kept saying this to us. The people, specifically at Netflix, I remember it very, very vividly. Uh, you know, before I went into the pitch for what the company was all about, we would I would explain how Julie and I came to be writing partners and what happened. And the senior executive there, like the executive vice president for, for development kind of mumbled to her the other executive, like, my God, that sounds like a show. And so <laughs> finally, you know, like Hollywood actor teams up with, you know, former biomedicine PhD candidate who used to write, you know, nonfiction homeschooling book and lives on a ranch in college. That's a <laughs> TV show. So, uh, so what we are writing is a show that is as yet untitled. We, we have a great title that we're kicking around, but I don't want to say it if it doesn't go, <laughs> the contracts actually call it the untitled Jonathan McLean project, which, yeah. uh, which I love because it's kind of like, um, the deed to my house. Like I recently discovered that Laura is on the deed with me, but I'm the only one on the mortgage. So like it's her <laughs> house. I'm the one responsible for paying, uh, in the same way that, so like this show is our show. We both reap the rewards, but if it fails miserably, it's the Jonathan, <laughs> it's Jonathan, show. <laughs> Jonathan show. So, um, so that show that we are writing. And I think bef before I say any more, I also want to emphasize why this is interesting and important. What makes what's happening unique. The company was something that we developed a pitch for with MGM. Uh, we had a script, but that was something we just wrote basically as a proof of concept to show 
this would work. This is what it would look like. Are you interested? And they said yes, but what they bought was the rights to Julie's book and a pitch. This is a unique situation because they are actually paying us to write a script up front. That rarely happens in Hollywood anymore um, because they don't know if they're going to be able to sell the finished script to a Netflix or a Hulu or someone who can actually put it on broadcast. And so it's rare that a studio, which is what MGM is for us, will risk their money. Uh, but they are because they believe in us, which is an incredible vote of confidence and uh, nerve wracking and exciting in all of it. So the show is about it's the relationship really, of Julie and I. It's not a reality show. I think we should get that. Like, I am not going to be in the show. Jonathan might be in the show. Yeah, I'm writing not a as, character. For not as his character, though. No, and I think that's important to note too. Like the characters, the two lead characters, uh, both of their names will start with J because we like that and we think that's cool. But they will not be our names. Um, they will have qualities of ours, but they will not be us. Right? Right. They're like, not us. They are not us in any way. Um, it's like our situation gets fictionalized. Right. Perfectly put. Perfectly put. And there will be, you know, like I thought about this the other day when we interviewed uh, or had a conversation just a couple weeks, a few weeks back with Krista and Becca Ritchie, the the twins, yeah. the Ritchie sisters. I was like, twins writing like that. Those are characters for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like those are characters. I mean, we're obviously not going to steal Krista and Becky's Becca's identity, but that's just an incredible character. People that we've met at uh, at book conventions. I mean, those are scenes that will absolutely be in the show. Um, and the origin story, which is the pilot will kind of be actor, uh, who that's is um, a, a little bit more true than probably any of the other episodes will be after. Don't you think? I think that's right. I think that's right. I think that's all true. And you know, and if we are lucky enough to get this thing sold to, six, eight, 10 episodes or whatever. Um, there will also then be a writer's room and that writer's room will be filled with writers that we will say, okay, here are some things that have happened. Here's what this world is. Here's what goes on. And they will bring their own experiences and ideas. And so stories that we haven't even thought of could emerge out of it as well. But the gist of it is it'll be a, a show about sort of, Romance. you know, yeah, romance. Ro the world this, this, it's it's about the world of romance books. Yeah. This this odd it's like the odd couple meets I don't know 50 shades of gray. I have no fucking idea. Like it is actually like nothing, which is what makes it super cool, I think. And um and so yeah, so the reason that we are taking the summer off it, from this podcast is because that has to happen. Um, that show has to get written. It, it, uh, questions have been asked it, half hour, hour. It'll be an hour long. Uh, it'll be a dramedy, uh, which is, you know, half comedy, half drama. Um, I think Julie and I were talking, a friend of mine mentioned this and Julie got on board with it. I think Gilmore girls like, is, is yeah. a good model just in terms of like, that's a, a show that's an hour long drama, quote unquote, technically, but it's not a heavy drama and there's no one dies. It's just a slice of life kind of a thing. So that'll be what the show is. Um, it's fucking incredible um, that this is happening. It is uh, still a long way to go, but we are probably an entire step and a half closer to this being real than we were even the last time. 
just because of how much commitment they're putting behind it. Yeah, and, I mean, it was crazy how fast this deal came together. Uh, just really, really shocking. And yeah, like shockingly, excitingly affirmative in a way that things rarely happen. Um, so that's the thing that we ha have been waiting to tell you about. Uh, but don't forget, like, we also will be at Book Bonanza in August, just outside Dallas. We will be releasing, we will be debuting a new book at Book Bonanza. So yeah. if you're there, look forward to that. Uh, Julie has all of her solo books that she's releasing. Um, stuff that you don't care about, but that I'm doing too. Like I'm writing a movie. I got another thing. It doesn't matter. You don't give a shit about that, but I'm doing that too. So like we will be very <laughs> busy. And I actually just decided yesterday um, that I am going to try and write. I have zero time to do this. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I had mentioned a few episodes back that I also have a pseudonym now, J.M. May, J.M. Jonathan McLean May, J.M. May, J.M. May write books, J.M. May not write books. Well, J.M. May write a book this summer uh, because <laughs> I got an idea and I got inspired and uh, I have this romance idea. So I, God knows, don't, don't hold me to that. Don't put my feet to the fire, but I'm going to try. Point being, there'll be a ton of content and plenty to keep you busy. Yeah. Uh, coming out of this camp. Uh, over the coming months. Um, and then I don't know when we'll start back, maybe September after the kids, after everybody's kids go back to school or something. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Well, and also, and this is uh, Julie, uh, have you told everybody that you can talk about it now because you got your ticket, right? You're going abroad. I didn't buy my ticket yet, but um, yeah, I'm going to go to, I was invited to come to a conference, the very first um, romance conference in Israel. Because my Hebrew publisher, um, they bought 18 and um, maybe something else. I'm not sure. And so they invited me and uh, nine other authors, I think, so far have signed up for it for this special romance conference in Israel. So I'm going to Israel the first week of October. Um, so that's kind of exciting. It's very exciting. If you're in Israel uh, or if you've got nothing to do the first Israel, week of October. Yeah. Go to Israel. Uh, Laura and I are going to try and go. If I there is a chance I could be in Prague, which is a whole other conversation. But if I'm not in Prague, uh, Laura and I would like to be in Israel with Julie. Um, no one's invited us. We're just going to crash. So <laughs> you can crash with us. Um, so that's it. Like, you know, like we say, we will be around. We will be in your face. If you're not already a member of the Facebook group, Shrike Bikes, go to facebook.com slash Shrike Bikes and request to become a member so that you can uh, know all of this stuff before everybody else. Um, we don't want to take up your whole day, just the two of us yeah, yammering, but, um, we do have two quick more questions, um, that are simple and I like them both and they seem like good notes to end this season on. Tara has asked what book or book series was your favorite when you were a kid? Oh, for me, that's so easy. It was the black stallion. Oh mm. my God. I was so obsessed with the black stallion. Um, do you think that that's why you, which came first, like the stallion you were like, well, one day I'm going to live on a ranch and have animals and whatever. Or did you always have that? No, I have always been a horse lover. Um, I started riding horses when I was four. Um, that's yeah, when I, that's right. I took lessons when I was four years old on uh, ponies. Um, I don't know why. I guess I was just obsessed. My parents just bought me pony lessons or something. So, yeah, I've always been a horse crazy girl. And I've always wanted to live in the country. You know what I was um, 
I was looking at the newsfeed on Facebook today and people who live in the real world, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is like, I cannot relate to the real world anymore because I've lived like in the country for too long now. Amazing. Because uh, like, I don't go any, I don't, you can't see people, right? Like right now I can see a truck on the dirt road down the road. Right. Um, and that's unusual. Like usually there's nothing out there but cows. Did did you see something on the news feed that you wanted to talk about specifically? Or were you was it just the fact that you remember that there's news in the world and that you <laughs> that you forget well, about it? It was like I'm part of this Facebook group called Dog Spotting. It's like this crazy big group of people all over the world who take random pictures of random dogs and post it. And so this picture was a guy on the subway somewhere in the world with a dog in his backpack, leaning over his shoulder, and they're both reading a book. And I was like, oh my God, this guy travels the subway with his dog and he reads books. (laughs) I mean, ladies, find out if he's available. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. I can't relate to people on the subway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, I adore you so much. Um, I love you so much. Uh, Okay. Uh, oh, uh, for me, uh, simple, and and it's not a secret, and it's been mentioned in books that I've written, and it's informed everything. Uh, I read Catcher in the Rye when I was, you know, fourteen or whatever, and I was like, holy shit, and it changed my life. And I was like, I am Holden Caulfield um, because I'm mentally ill and I lie all the time. Um, uh, you know, I got better, but uh, but I identify with it, and just the writing style of that book and first person, and just the nature of the storytelling, yeah. and uh, just really changed the way that I that I read and write. Uh, And speaking of which, last question before we sign off for a few months. Michelle asks, what's one of your least favorite things about writing? Least favorite things. I don't know. You go first. Let me think. Writing. Writing? (laughs) Um, You know, I I shot a movie last fall uh, that was written by Mark Medoff. Uh, Mark Medoff, people know him because he wrote a movie in the 80s wrote a play that was turned into a movie called Children of a Lesser God. Uh, it's the movie uh, that broke Marley Matlin's career, the deaf actress open, uh, broke her career open. Um, he was nominated for an Academy Award. He won the Tony Award. I think he was nominated for a Pulitzer for it. Um, Mark passed away a couple of weeks ago, and I was at his memorial uh, just this past weekend. Um, the movie I got the chance to work on with him is the last film that he will have done. And so it was a really emotional time, and somebody got up to speak at his memorial. And it was this huge event. He lived in New Mexico and like the governor was there. It was like a whole thing. And someone got up to speak who had collaborated with him for 40 years and said that Mark, for his intellectual, I mean, he was an intellectual titan, uh, just an absolute next level genius um, who could not stop writing. Had at the time of his death a few weeks ago, he had our movie, he had another movie in the works. He had a novel edited And the quote that really stuck out to me uh, that his friend said was, you know, Mark used to always say, the easiest thing in the world is not to write. (laughs) And that's true. Like, it, 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 it doesn't matter how, I don't think I've met a single person in my life who's a writer, who, however they feel about it, if they love it, if they find it terrifying, and, you know, you meet all kinds of people who approach it all kinds of different ways. But the one unifying thing that everybody that I know who writes says is it's re- it can be really 
hard to start, whether that means emotionally, whether that just means time-wise, whether that just means energy-wise, it's hard. Like not writing is super easy, but if you've got these stories inside of you and you got to get them out, then whether you want to or not, you make yourself do it. And on the good days, it goes great. And on the bad days, it feels, for me at least, like like trying to push a boulder up a hill with my teeth or something. I don't know. And um, with your toe, with, with your big my toe. toe, with my big toe, with my big toe. And then, like, yeah, on good days, sometimes it just feels like pulling a boulder across, you know, flat ground. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just hard. It's 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 hard. It's intellectually exhausting. It's can be physically exhausting. Just sitting there typing and typing. Um, but you know. It's like going to the gym. I don't like going to the gym either, but I'm so gl- glad when I'm done and grateful that I went. Uh, and when I turn yeah, words into Julie, I'm so grateful. Feeling when I finish my word count for the day, it's the best feeling in the world to be done. But when I'm writing, like I ha- I'm not writing right now. I start tomorrow on a new book. And when I'm writing, there is no will I write today. You know, like mm-hmm. I that just is not an option. Um, unless, unless I'm really stuck on something and I have to, even then I'll still get probably 2000 words, but there is no, I'm not going to get up today and write because it's my job, right? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. this is my full-time job. Is there a least favorite thing? Um, I, I guess it wouldn't be writing. It would probably be formatting or something like that. Maybe editing the last copy. The, the final draft. Yeah. Man, I don't really like that. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm Jody, tired of the book at that point and I don't want to read it again. Yeah. Jody Picot, the, the writer says, uh, I'm going to fuck up the quote, but paraphrasing it, something like it's, <laughs> it's like really hard to edit, uh, your, uh, you know, a page of words that you've written. It can be really hard, but it's even harder to edit a blank page. Right. So, <laughs> and that's kind of the, you know, you got it, you got to do it. I mean, you uh you are the most you are the most committed dedicated person uh that i've met in many many years and one of the i don't know top five that i've ever met in my life and as we sign off for the season i just want to say uh i love you julie and i appreciate that you've invited me on this i do i and i and i appreciate that you've invited me on this journey with you it's changed uh changed everything for me it's really exciting and i'm excited to see what happens for us next well, I think it has changed everything for me as well. And um and I really do enjoy you. I think you're fun. Thanks, Julie. That by the I, way, I right really there, enjoy you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That that right there, by the way, that that's the scene in the book where the guy's like, and I love you, I really love you. And she's like, Oh, you're great. Uh so <laughs> that's what we call the all hope is lost moment. But don't worry, you guys, because they'll find their H E A. Yep. So we'll see um, you well, in the fall. Hold on. No, yeah, what, 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 what? I have a um, couple of announcements actually. Please go for it. Um, because I got a new website today. It went live um, like five minutes before we got on. It oh, went shit. live. So what is that? Everybody, sh- it's jhuss.com. It's just jhuss.com. Oh, okay. Brand new. Just refresh it. Got it. Got it. So everybody should go over and take a look at that. And into her um, released uh, releasing on audiobook on I don't know June something. But the square also released 
That's right. So we have, have you, a whole bunch of stuff. Have you listened to have you listened to the audiobooks? I haven't even downloaded the square yet. Okay. I hear it's but very I will. good. I hear it's very sexy. I, I keep people keep tagging us in so. posts saying that they love it. Um well I they they love it. I I like it. I think it's fun and I really enjoy it. Um <laughs> we'll see you in the fall, everybody. Bye. Love Notes is produced by the unheralded and can't say enough how much we appreciate her, Emily Durr, J.A. Huss, and me. Uh, executive producer is Oh My Audiobooks, an imprint of Podium Publishing. Uh, both Oh My and Podium, we cannot thank enough for everything that they have done for us. Uh, editing is by Troy Odie. Can't thank Troy enough for all the editing he's done. <laughs> Our theme song is by Brandon Costello. Oh my God. Oh, that guy's so great. Oh, we can't thank him enough. We can't thank him enough. <laughs> and special thanks. We can't thank you enough. Special thanks to you. We cannot all thank you. All of you. you. All we can't you thank you enough. For for all of the ways that you feel. Uh, finally, the art on our website was made by J.A. Huss. Oh, my God. I can't thank her enough. Oh, so <laughs> good. Hey, check it out at lovenotespodcast.com. Go to lovenotespodcast.com and check it out. Support for Love Notes comes from Oh My Audiobooks. Hey, Julie, who's the pleasure for? Where the pleasure is all whose? Is all yours. See you soon. Bye.